Hi, I'm Mandy Learn. And I'm Stephanie Keeley. Thank you for joining us for Women Who Work. Before we start the episode, we wanted to remind you to follow, rate, and review the podcast so more listeners like you will find us. You can also help your colleagues and friends join the conversation by sharing this episode with your networks. Okay, let's get to it. This is the new year, right? New Year's resolution. This is the most popular day for resets. However, if we don't give ourselves permission to reset whenever we need to, should we fall off around March? It's like, oh, well, like, right? Like that's just gone and I can't, I joined the gym and now I no longer go. And you know what? Instead of beating yourself up, like I said, I was going to do that. And I didn't do that. Just hit the reset button. Hit the reset button as if it's a new year in March, June, whenever you need to and say, I'm going to start today. Hey, Stephanie. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. In 2024, we are so excited to continue to discuss the essentials for leading in your life and career because as women who work, we just can't separate the two. And as always, we are keeping it real. Each episode, we challenge ourselves to bring you real conversations about the real things women are facing in the world of work today. And you have a place in this conversation. In this episode, we are talking about goals, whether you love them or hate them, but in reality, we can't live without them. We also have an interview with Jamie Watkins, who will give us some peace and happy with five tips to kickstart the new year. Ooh, I'm excited. Let's dive in. All right. So it's 2024, a brand new year. I'm not sure how we got here, but here we are. Right. (laughs) I I feel like we say that every year. It's like, how is it a new year? Yeah, I know. Well, there's something about time. And as you age, like time goes faster. I don't know. I've I've heard it, but it feels true. Yes. Very true. So last year we talked about how we like to start the year with an intention or a word of the year. And, um, I thought it would be a good place to start by reflecting on how we did with our word of the year. So Mandy throwing it to you, do you remember your word of the year? Did you live with it? Did you? Yeah, I do. (laughs) I feel like I'm on a hot seat now. Uh, My, my word of the year last year was completion. I was really focused on completing things, executing, um, and getting things done. Um, I feel like I had some success and then in other areas I didn't. So I'm going to say I was probably maybe 50, 50 last year. What about you? What was your word of the day? Um, I, or word of the year, (laughs) word of the year. It was more like a word of the day. Um, (laughs) so I did not do well with my word. My word was flow. I wanted to be in a state where, you know, you're balancing ease and effort, not pushing against things. Um, I really, last year was not a year where I had any state of flow. (laughs) Um, and I'm not even sure I can't even take it into next year because I I just don't know that I'm quite there. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh, that's okay. And at least you're honest with that's you and okay. you, you know, you're honest with yourself and say, so, you know what, that just didn't work very well last year. That one didn't work. There were a lot of things that happened in, in our world last year. And, um, I, I did not stay in a state of flow, but I'm thinking about this year And I haven't fully decided I'm going to give it a little more time, but one word that I've thought about is acceptance. Mm, That's so funny. You say that. Go ahead. Is that what you were thinking too? Kind of sort of along those lines. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, I'm thinking about, you know, the saying about, um, to accept the things you cannot change, mm-hmm. have the courage to change yeah. things you can and the wisdom to know the difference. One of my and, favorites. Yes. And I feel like so often um, when we come into times of friction or challenge, um, frustration, it's a lot of times because we need to just accept what is oh. and um, not everything can be solved or changed or fixed. And we just 
need to have a bit more of acceptance. And so for me, at least that, that would be a good one. My other word that I'm thinking about is savor and talk about this. Yes. So we talk about this one, um, a little bit with Jamie in the, the conversation you'll hear in a little bit, but we talk about this idea of like savoring, um, something that you appreciate and it's a way of Mm -hmm. showing gratitude and, and really just embracing life, embracing the parts of life that bring us joy. Um, so not just noticing a sunset, but giving yourself a little extra time to look at it and think about how beautiful it is or, or whatnot. So those are the two words I'm playing. That on. is a great action verb because I immediately think of food savor, yes. you savor your food and I love to eat. So I can connect that, that idea to savoring moments. It's not just the, oh, and, you know, be in the moment or enjoy the moment. It's just another way to express that. Mm -hmm. I feel that it's a little bit more, um, that feels more real to me. Yeah. You're right though. It it goes to presence, really Mm -hmm. being present with whatever you're doing and taking, um, taking into account like the five senses and and Mm -hmm. whatnot. So Yep. That's a good one. I love that. I haven't heard that one before and I really like that one. Um, so I think it's funny that if you're talking about acceptance, I am kind of sort of on the, on the same wavelength there in terms of, I know there's going to be some major changes in the next year, 18 months. And so I'm kind of sort of beginning to prepare myself for that. So accepting those changes that are going to come my way, but also I was thinking about welcoming because Mm. to welcome that to, so it goes beyond accepting, right? Because accepting is just kind of like, okay, yes, it's here or whatever. This is, this is what the reality is. And I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. I feel, I feel like welcoming is taking a little bit more of a a positive spin to it, not a positive spin, but just a, uh, you know, it's kind of more like wrap your arms around it, like embrace it, embrace it. And so I, I'm kind of playing with those two wide open, like welcome, like arms open to the change, the, the right realities of life. Um, and right. All of that, which plays along with one of my values is openness. Mm. which I I think is one of yours too. So it's, you know, being open to the idea that, okay, things are going to change, that there are changes afoot (laughs) Mm. and let's just be welcoming to that and not try to resist it because change is hard, whether or not you're prepared for it, or if you know, it's coming, it's just still hard. So. Oh, that's that's really good. mm. That's giving me a lot of things to think about. Um, I like it. So if you're out there thinking about your own words, have some conversations like this, like this has helped me kind of figure out my own words and intentions for the new year, set some, and we'll transition now to our conversation about goals, which is really aligned because the whole thing, goals are visions for the future. They are the desired results and outcomes we wish to see. So if you're setting those intention, that, that is a, can be a goal. You can set a goal around that intention. That's how you make it real and happen. Unlike us in the last year (laughs) who didn't quite (laughs) meet them. Um, but we maybe our words just weren't well aligned to what we no. actually did accomplish. Yeah, I think we did a lot. I think we did yes. a lot of great things in the last year. I'm going to give give myself more credit. <laughs> but uh, let's let's talk about why we set goals. I mean, yeah. obviously at work, at home, we're always setting goals for ourselves and kind of what's the point? Right. Right. Um and I think the point is we want to feel like when we accomplish something, we want to feel productive, right? We want our productivity to go toward this vision that we're seeking to create, you know, this, this future world that looks a little bit more like where we want to be. Um, And what we know about goals is that if you write down your goals, you will be more successful. So no matter what your goal is, if you write it down, you'll find more success. Yeah. And we all have seen those statistics floating around um, that 
94% of individuals who don't write goals, only 6% do. And those 6% do are the small, I mean, let's face it, there are, it's, I think, a small segment that actually at the end of the year can say that I really accomplished what I set out to do. So by just the sheer fact of writing them, you're already ahead of the game. But it's also not a just set it and forget it kind of thing. It's a very active. And I know we're probably talking to an audience that has set goals and this is, you know, not goal setting 101 for, for you as a listener, but it's, it's an active process that you are engaged with the entire year. Yeah, absolutely. And we do want it to align with our values. So of course, write down your goals. You'll, you're more likely to find success, but if your goals that you're writing down are not aligned with who you are, your values, your priorities, your where your focus is, then you're kind of, what's the point in having them at all, right? Um, right. You're not going to want to accomplish them in a month's time because you're going to realize that there's friction between who you are and what you're trying to accomplish. Right. And I think that's easier said and and easier said to do when you're talking about your personal goals. True. Right. Because that is something that you have more control over. Sometimes your professional goals are dictated by, you know, what you have to deliver for in that particular year and what you are, uh, you know, judged on in terms of your performance. So I think, yeah, I think that's a little, it's easier to do when they're more personal. Um, and it, I feel like you're probably like me, Stephanie, in terms of, you know, when we look at the goal setting, I get really excited, especially at the beginning of the year. I'm totally all about like, it's a new year, let's do this. And I want to accomplish all of the things. But because of that, I get very distracted. So I've really Mm -hmm. learned that we have to prioritize our goals. And because if you have, you know, a handful of goals out there, then you are shifting focus away from what you really want to accomplish. When I look at my goals for the year, I really decide, I have several, but I really decide on what is my number one. What is the one that's going to make the biggest impact in my life for me? And again, this is kind of personal related Mm -hmm. um, more more than professional, Um, but you can... you can still well, you apply can do that it, idea. Yeah, you can apply it because you have to think about impact. So, mm-hmm. you know, if, if a company's right. vision right. Right. is right. X, well, then what goals can you set that will have the most impact toward that vision um, for mm-hmm. your department, for your team, for, for you personally within your work? Think yep. about impact. And like you said, you have to focus. What is the one that is the most important that will get you the closest to that impact? Right. Yep. So what are some of the tools, Stephanie? I know you're a big, you know, uh, goal setter. Yeah. Um, what are some of the tools tools. that you like to use to help you along the way? Um, you know, when the rubber meets the road, what are you doing in order to, you know, really, truly get to the end line or the finish line? So we're going to bring you several tools. Use what works for you the most, I would say. Um, One thing aligned with focus is the understanding of the 80-20 rule. Mm -hmm. So this is also known as the Pareto principle. And it says that 20% of your activities will account for 80% of your results. What this means is you really want to focus in on the 20% that is going to have the biggest impact. So a lot of what we just said, but there is data around it that 20% of your activities account for 80% of your results. And where you see this, um, you know, kind of examples of this could be like 20% of your team, 20% of your staff results in 80% of the work that's getting done in your office. Um, 20% of the clothes you wear in your closet are worn (laughs) 80% of the time, right? (laughs) Um, You have a capsule wardrobe and you don't even know it. (laughs) Exactly. But it's, yeah, exactly. Um, 20% of a curriculum for a class accounts for 80% of the exam, things like that. So you can kind of get this example where you really want to narrow in on what is 
what are the activities that are the most important that will create the 80% of results that you're looking for? And when you think about it, 20%, that's it. I feel like that's really efficient. <laughs> like it's like a working just, smarter, not harder situation. Uh, exactly. Here. Like you could maybe take, you know, maybe uh, make that four day work week a reality. I think it might be why it works. <laughs> okay. Um, so then we also want to prioritize. So like, how do you, how do you prioritize? How do you look for those most important pieces? Um, there are two kind of opposite leaning ways to look at getting tasks done, getting work done. Um, I have a favorite, Mandy, you probably have a, a favorite, but one of them is called eat the frog. And mm -hmm. the idea of eating the frog is that you do the biggest, hardest, most important things first. They're usually those things that you have been procrastinating on. So the most successful leaders are known to first thing in the day, sit down and do the biggest, most important thing. And we call that eat the frog, mm -hmm. sit down at your computer, say, eat the frog. What's the thing I'm putting off? Do it right now. I love that visual of, of eating the frog exactly. <laughs> to help you just get it done. Yeah. Cause we all, we all have those things that we're just like, Oh, I just don't want to do that. I'd much rather do something else in this moment. But if we are going to take the 20% theory mm -hmm. to, you know, if we're going to really uh, apply that, well, then you do have to, those are the things that you yeah. make sure that you do. Yeah. The opposite side is um, this idea called getting things done. And that's where you, you, well, I guess the focus is on getting all the things done, right? You have this master task list and then you look and you knock off first the things that can be done in two minutes or less. So it's like, you know, a, a quick grocery store order or, or whatnot, the, the, the quick little wins. And that gives you that boost and um, endorphins and you feel good about sure. accomplishing something. Right. Um, it's a good one for getting lots of things done. I think the trap you fall into with this though, is that you can get a whole lot of things done and never accomplish anything. Right. Because guess what? I sometimes use that, that, that list to procrastinate on the things that I really need to be doing. Cause I'm like, oh, well, I'm doing something, I'm being productive, but it really is not what I should be doing in the long right. run. Yeah. So that is the trap. It's a trap. <laughs> and especially and if you're like me, I'd love to cross things off my list. I get, makes me feel so good. Um, so that, that definitely, that doesn't, for me, doesn't really work very well. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it, it definitely, you can get all the things done. And especially as women, we, we have these ginormous task lists, these to-do lists that we feel good about crossing things off on. But if we're crossing off all these little quick little wins, then we're not focusing on the things that are going to yeah. most impact our goals, our vision, right. our life. And we're going to fill our time just being kind of workhorses, right? And right. Not, not finding that impact. Um, and I think a big challenge for women particularly is just the let it go piece. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. let some of those other things go, yep. delegate some of those things. So when you've got that master list, see what things you can eliminate, see what things you can delegate, and then star those things that are the most impactful and spend the majority of your time on the most impactful things. Yep. The truth hurts sometimes. Ooh, it does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so what well, we know and... is that our daily life, our daily actions are making up our life, right? So right. that goes a long way with habits. And maybe yep. you do a lot of focus on kind of habit building. So what do you have for us about that? Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people are familiar with James Clear and the idea of habits and behavior change are really what you need to focus on when you are trying to accomplish your goals. It's not all about the, the active goal setting. It's the processes and systems that you have and habits that you have put into place in order for you to be able to accomplish those. And, um, 
his book, I highly recommend Atomic Habits. It it is a game changer in terms of really understanding creating habits and how that really will help you accomplish your goals that you set for yourself. Um, another um, kind of two other things that go along with habits is uh, called strategy of pairing, which is um, Gretchen Rubin talks about or habit stacking. So this idea is you pair one established habit with a new one that you're trying to create. So kind of think about in your mind, a formula is after, before, insert your current habit, I will insert your new habit. So for example, if you are trying to exercise more, just get outside more or walk more, whatever you can say, I can only listen to my favorite podcast when I am walking. So the idea is that you're pairing two together and you can only do one if you're doing something else or more along the lines of a professional basis. If you really are trying to work on your network that or grow your network and utilize your network and build those strategic relationships with um, you can say, well, you know, after I return from my lunch break, I will send one email to someone who I want to connect with. So those are, um, two really, I think, powerful ways and easy that you can start implementing some of those changes in your kind of systems and processes in order to get you to um, accomplish what you're, you want to. Um, another one is called, and uh, another favorite of mine is from Gretchen Rubin, but I think Stephanie, you mentioned that Jerry Seinfeld was actually this, the one that to create this idea of breaking the chain yeah. or don't break the chain. Mm -hmm. So if there is something, a new habit that you're working on, for example, there was one month where I really wanted to focus on getting at least seven hours of sleep because i I'm really terrible at, at being consistent in my quality of sleep. So every night I track myself to make sure that I'm getting seven hours of sleep. And the idea is that, you know, you are accumulating these change, these links in the chain to make this longer chain over time that you do not break. So the more that you have collected, you really don't want to break that mm -hmm. um, because then you kind of have to start all over and, and if you don't break the chain, you are building that new habit into your life. So I feel like that's just a really um, powerful, it's action oriented, it's visual in mm -hmm. your mind. I think it's a very powerful um, way to, to integrate new habits into your life and yeah. in the idea of, you know, pursuing your goals. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting I feel like the Apple watch did such a good job <laughs> at illustrating that concept of don't break the chain, you know, yeah. the fitness app where yeah. you, you want to close all your rings yep. and then you look at the, you look at the month and you can see all the days and it'll say you're on a 14 day streak. Yeah. And so, you know, close your rings. And yeah. it is that reminder that, Oh, I've gone 14 days. I need, I don't want to break that streak. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, it's that same concept. And, and when I've, I heard Jerry Seinfeld talk about it, it was around the concept of writing, um, comedy writing, and just being really, um, diligent with that mm -hmm. practice. And yeah. so he said to get this really big visual calendar, like, you know, the whole year on a wall calendar kind of thing. And you, put a big red X over every day that you do the habit you're trying to create. And so truly you can see the chain and it's in your, your space where you're working every day and you, and you've got that big visual reminder. It's not just in your head. It's like really on the wall. Um, I don't want one of those giant things in my, in my beautiful office space, <laughs> but I do have a monthly calendar that at some point I, I had worked on that kind of habit building and, and had put my red X's on that monthly calendar. So, well, and I think that it connects you to your, that goal every day. I can't remember what book I was reading or what author had said this, but the idea that you have to connect with your goal every single day, you have to engage with it and connect with it every single day. So it is at the forefront of your mind. It is your number one focus. And 
the strategy here was to place an emotion to that goal and how you want to feel after accomplishing it. So Mm -hmm. for example, um, last year, one of the things I was working on was wellness and there were several different activities overall that I was working towards, but my emotional connection to that goal was I wanted to feel strong. So I feel like that's just a really powerful way to connect with your goal. And, you know, we're all, we are human beings. We are emotionally driven, Mm -hmm. (laughs) right? And um, so I I think this is a great way to, yeah, to feel, to to, to feel it, it. to feel it. Yeah. Yes. That is good. You know, one of my favorite authors is Greg McEwen in the book Essentialism, and I know I've mentioned it here on this podcast several times, but this this is another great resource for kind of focusing in on how you spend your life, how you are, the choices you make throughout your day and your days that really build toward the life you want to live and toward those goals that you're setting for yourself, for yourself at work, for yourself at home. Um, He says, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. And it just, yeah. (laughs) Yep. You lose control. Yeah. Someone else will, something will fill your time and whatever is filling your time is filling your days. It's creating habits. It's, it's taking up your mental space. It's taking up physical space. So you do have to, with intention, prioritize your life, your actions, where you're spending your time, what you're reading, what you're watching, all of those things really do either add to or take away from the vision you're trying to create. And I think that's really what it gets to when we think about like setting goals and trying to Mm -hmm. be specific about the accomplishments we want to achieve. Um, Because time can pass by and you can do a lot of things, but not achieve that vision. Right. And I love that because it really illustrates the concept of one, you, you know, you, you're, you need, it's a decision and it's a choice you're making and being intentional on that and what you're saying yes to something. Well, that means what are you saying no to? So the last tool we'll leave you with is one that y- you've heard over and over again, and it's smart goals. Um, you know, making sure that your goals are specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time bound. Um, and all of those things just help you get really concrete about what it is you want to want to accomplish and make sure that they, it is something you can accomplish. Um, but I think one of the biggest values around creating your goals in a smart way is that you can then track it Mm -hmm. and tracking is what will help you find some quick wins And also continued success because it's those reminders. Like you said, it's putting that goal in front of you daily, weekly, monthly, however you are deciding you'll track it, but it's putting it top of mind. Well, and you know, the famous quote, that which gets measured, gets done. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, it's, it's one, it's one that's, you know used you all gotta the time. Do you got to do it. Sometimes well, I get really annoyed when I hear someone say, well, is it a smart goal? And I'm like, wah, wah. but <laughs> it's there for a reason. And it is important. I have a hard time with the personally with my, when I do my professional goals, I have a hard time with the time bound thing because I sometimes will skip that step. But again, then I'm not as I'm, I, if I'm skipping that step, I'm not going to be as likely to achieve the goals. Right. You got to put yourself, you got to give yourself a deadline. You do. You and you can always, ad- you can always adjust it just because goals are written and set and that's what you're achieving. doesn't mean that along the year you, you shouldn't, you should absolutely review your goals weekly, monthly, and quarterly, because things are going to change. Things are going to come up. So you're going to have to adjust and adapt. 
And that's okay. That's okay. And it's important to make sure that you are adjusting and adapting as you need in order to still meet them at the end of the year. Yeah. All right. So just give yourself a deadline, Stephanie. Just give yourself a deadline. I know. I need a lot of deadlines. (laughs) So, you know, we'll move now from thinking really concretely about goals and something very specific to a little inspiration and still some tools, some really practical tools. But we have, as a guest on today's podcast, Jamie Watkins, and she will give us a bit of peace and happy with her five tips to kickstart the new year well. Jamie Watkins is a speaker, coach, author, and host of the podcast, My Peace of Happy. She founded her business in 2019 to equip people with the tools they need to better prioritize their own mental health and improve their overall well-being. Welcome, Jamie, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. So start us off by sharing a bit about the work you do. Absolutely. I encourage my primary target audience is women and then uh, young women in the collegiate space. And I encourage women to prioritize their mental wellness, as you stated, and just from a place of three foundational uh, self-love, purpose, and happiness. Mm. So what led you to follow this mission and, and to do this work? Tell us a little bit about yourself. My personal mental health and wellness journey. Um, Most pivotal moment would be at the uh, inevitable end of my first marriage, Uh, 18 years together, 13 married, and uh, unfortunately resulted in just being a toxic space. And I found myself in a depression, in a, a dark place. And so I ultimately decided I'm going to love me. And that evolved into this journey that I'm still on of self-love and cultivating happiness, but it allowed me to love myself enough to say, I can make a change. I can be the change that I want to see. And I can, it's not dependent on anybody else. I can own the lifestyle that I want to create. And so I made the decision to get out of that toxic marriage. Um, I have two children from that marriage. So to take my children And um, I shouldn't say take them, their father's involved, but for us to, to create a better space for us, a healthier environment. And so in doing that and embarking on this journey, fast forward that it's been 13 years now, but fast forward to 2019, I just got this pull to do something with my journey. It wasn't enough that I found this happy place for myself and I did marry again and and I have two children from that marriage. So I have four all together that I found myself um, on this journey. But I knew that there was someone that's where I was, even if it wasn't a toxic marriage that just didn't feel good enough about themselves to make the changes that they know they needed or felt like they weren't lovable. And so I started a blog and said, hey, maybe something I've learned along my journey can help someone else. And then that evolved into the response being so great. Like, what more can I do in this space that led to the coaching, ultimately the speaking and the, the, you know, writing the book. But that's what I do. I just show people through real life practical steps. Like, listen, if you find yourself here, know it can get better. And these are some things that can help. So um, for those who are looking to learn more from you, um, you can do so through your book or through your podcast. What would, what would, what should someone expect to get if they were to connect with you through, through one of those um, pieces? Well, the podcast, I think the longest episode is about 10 minutes. And so you can get a quick kind of pick me up to go. It's going to be lifestyle success tips. It's going to be, you know, practical tips, something that you can either a food for thought for that day or um, something to just kind of like, you know what? I needed that. That's Mm -hmm. the response I get. Like this was right on time. I needed that in the motivational space, whether it's mindfulness or we're talking about gratitude, 
whatever have you, um, I'm certified in the science of well-being. And so it's going to be something that's going to encourage you in that space. Again, whether it's mindfulness, gratitude, kindness, right? Or it may be a story, something that I thought about that this morning and I'm like, hey guys, you know, you can get something from it. I believe we grow better together, which is my business motto. And so the idea is that whether it's a little something I learned on the way to Starbucks, or if it's just something that someone shared with me, and I think it will benefit the, the greater um, community, then that's what we touch on and share on. Simple yet significant, I like to say. It doesn't have to be a full hour always to get what you need and go. And so, because I have ADD and I know my attention span is short, sometimes I give like little short, little uh, motivational, inspirational, and empowering um, tips, steps, or techniques. I love that. And then how can someone find your book? It is available on my website, of course, which is my piece of happy. That's P E A C E. Cause I know this is audible. Mm-hmm. Um, A-C-E. So my piece of happy, and then it's Barnes and Noble, um, target walmart.com just wherever everywhere. You- Pick up a, yeah, Amazon. Yep. You know, we want to start the new year with an intention for wellness and dare I say it, happiness, right? Um, You know, life is full and there are pressures and deadlines, projects, activities, people all pulling us in so many directions. And the new year provides us the opportunity to kind of get grounded and prepared for how we can show up, not just for others, but also for ourselves. Because when we feel our best, we can do our best. And I know all of our, our listeners are in positions where we want to perform well, but we also want to, to be well, right? Mm -hmm. So you have Jamie gathered five tips to kickstart the new year. So get us started with tip number one. Tip number one is to schedule self-check-ins. If you connect and follow on social media, I'm heavy on Instagram, you'll know that on Wednesdays we do a midweek check-in, but it doesn't have to be Wednesday. That's just for those folks that haven't gotten around to scheduling their own uh, self-check-in. I make sure that I hold one and hold space for the community. But scheduling self-check-ins often, whether it's a reminder on your phone, I do my personal ones Sunday versus the community one on Wednesday, but whatever day you feel, if you don't know a day that works best, just pick one, put it in your phone, mark it on your calendar, planner, wherever you keep track of things. And that self-check-in is to just bring a self-awareness to how you're doing, because so often, like you alluded to, right? We're serving, we're constantly serving our teams, our, if you're in a corporate space, right? Your family, you're you're constantly dishing out and not often until an alarm goes off, do we check in and say, how am I doing? Am I just going through the motions and I haven't really checked in to say, I'm a little heavy today or I'm a little overwhelmed today or I'm a little exhausted, right? Or maybe it's a good thing, right? I'm really happy this week. I might, my, you know, endorphins are, I'm really feeling like I'm in a good place, better than a lot better than the past few weeks. Well, if we don't check in and try to identify what that is, what brought that about, why this week, right? Maybe I could duplicate it next week. If I'm mindful enough to say, I know what I did different. I worked out in the morning this week, or I drank more water this week. And that's why, right? So that's the idea behind scheduling self-check-ins often so that you just, it stays type top of mind, how you're doing and that, how you're really doing, not the fine that we say, Mm. but how are you really doing? What emotions are you um, feeling and what came up this week? And can you pinpoint maybe what triggered a response and why? And the more we bring a self-awareness to ourselves and then maybe our environments, right? Then we can kind of that idea of creating the lifestyle you want and having more intentional, intentional um, practices, because it's just not enough to set the intention, but we have to really pair that with an action. Um, I think that the the better will be. Mm, that's great. You know, we do it for our work. We mm-hmm. put things on the calendar. We say, check in on midway of this project, but it feels a little silly to do it for ourselves. And yet if we don't schedule it, we really won't get around to it, will we? No, not until, you know, that, like I said, that alarm goes off and then, then it's, you know, drop everything else because you Mm -hmm. have to tend to, whether it's a physical 
need and now you have to make this doctor's appointment or whether it's a I can't even get out of bed mm-hmm. because you know you're you're sinking into maybe a depression or it could be an argument with a spouse right but that's really driving because you haven't been attentive or you're not so those check-ins will serve overall and it is the idea of like you said our our work we're putting things on the calendar right so that project we can see it through to completion and it can be successful nobody wants to drop the ball same Mm -hmm. idea with us yeah all right well what is the second tip the second tip is to reset whenever and how many however many times you need to And so this is the new year, right? New Year's resolution. This is the most popular day for resets. However, I share with my clients and community that if we we don't give ourselves permission to reset whenever we need to, then we fall into using this as an example, right? We're going to leave with five amazing tips that will set us up for success. But should we fall off around March, it's like, oh, well, like, right? Like, that's just gone. And I can't, I joined the gym and now I no longer go. And you know what, instead of beating yourself up, like I said, I was going to do that. And I didn't do that. Just hit the reset button, hit the reset button as if it's a new year in March, June, whenever you need to, and say, I'm going to start today. I'm going to do that starting right now. Um, unfortunately, maybe right. As, as much as we just showed the benefits of scheduling self-check-ins, you don't do it. But if you find yourself burnt out by April, Hit the reset button and say, you know what? Let me let me schedule some self check-ins. Let me let me let me try that. And so, and this is the idea I want to say with these resets. Um, whenever you need to, just it can be a, again back to the simple yet significant. It could be a reset at your desk that just says, let me pause what I'm doing, take five deep breaths, right? Stand up, sit back down. And try, and try this again. If you're getting overwhelmed with a spreadsheet, if you're getting, you know, you're you're kind of frazzled after a meeting, it doesn't have to be this major reset. It can be those little resets that just help you gather yourself and like, okay, let me reset my mind and, and try this again. Mm-hmm. It's a great frame of mind too. You know, we think about it often when we think about like our own goals, like you said, uh, work, you know, maybe it's physical fitness and getting exercise and we'll start in January end by March and, and then say, okay, we'll start again. You know, there's still time. I can still create the habit, but like you said, this really does translate to work. You could have a team that's just not quite working and you say, okay, let's reset. How do we reset and take stock of, okay, well, how do we just start again? Start fresh. Um, don't just kind of throw it out as this just isn't going to work or it's too far gone or, or whatnot. Reset. I like that. Reset. And I love that you're saying start again and not start over because I'm very intentional about that narrative that you're starting again and not over because you can't undo what you've learned. And the chances are you've learned some lessons from that previous try, that previous start that you can take, right? Using the team as an example, it's not just scratch the team because this isn't working. It's like, hey, what worked well that we can bring to us to this reset And then what didn't that we can shift and adjust accordingly so that you have a better chance when you start again. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. All right. What's tip number three? Tip number three is lead with love. Hmm. Lead with love. And that is, that looks like giving folks the benefit of the doubt. That looks like self-love, which I'm a big advocate for. Um, As a matter of fact, I won the quite proud of. So the 2023 Self-Love Advocate of the Year Impact Award. Wow. Um, Congratulations. Thank you so much. And so for self-love, leading with love is obviously loving yourself first so that you can show up your best for every other space that you occupy and serve in. And so leading with that, as opposed to leading with judgment or leading with um, criticism, leading with leading with shame. Uh, it's leading with love. It's saying, okay, I may not feel the best in my body today, but I'm going to lead with love and, and give it the best, right? I'm, I'm still going to dress up. I'm not going to throw on the sweats and the t-shirt because I feel blah. I'm going to treat her well. I'm going to dress up even when I don't feel like it um, because I'm going to lead with love. And on the contrary, right? Maybe 
it's, you know what, I'm going to lead with love. And what she needs today is to throw on sweats and a t-shirt and just chill out. Right. But it's leading with love. And that goes, all of this is kind of uh, stacks on top of each other. It goes back to the, that mindfulness and self-awareness. And when you're tapping in, you're more aware of what it is you need. Is that a dress up day or is that a dress down day? But leading with love and the fact that we, I believe, we're not just here for ourselves. And so we are here to serve others in whatever capacity. And so leading with love to say, maybe that person didn't hold the door for me, not because they're rude, but because they're preoccupied with a diagnosis they got, or somebody died in their family and they got their, their you know, their cat died this morning. Their mind's just somewhere else. It's not me. It's not that they're rude. I'm just going to lead with love and you know what? I'll grab the next door for them. Or I'm not going to let, I'm not going to judge them even without them knowing like, wow, they're rude. I have no idea what they're going through. I'm just going to lead with love. And it takes the tension off of you for that, right? Traffic, right? Where's this? You're like, oh, this person on the road that's swerving in and out. They're so reckless. They're so, or they're rushing to the hospital to try to get to that person that they said, hey, doesn't look good. You need to get here. Now, yes, that is reckless, right? They need to be careful, but are they consciously being reckless or are they preoccupied? Um and so that's what I mean about leading with love in those spaces. And I feel that even as you serve your team, right, that that person give give grace that one time. If they've turned in their timesheet every other time on time, right, it's giving that grace or it's going over and before you do that right up to say, hey, is everything okay? Is everything, you know, how are you doing? How are you really doing? Because we're humans. It's not just work. We're, we can get in that robotic mode at work, but we're human too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that is, it's so, empathy, it, I guess. it's yeah, yeah, empathy, exactly. And, and that empathy and that showing, giving grace, that style of leadership is, I mean, research shows women are better at it innately. And so what we're finding more and more in the workplace, thank goodness, we've got the research around it now to prove that those soft skills, what we've called quote unquote soft skills those are really beneficial in leadership. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So having empathy leading in that way, it creates an environment of belonging. And we know that belonging is so important in the workplace. It is so important to increase our numbers, you know, mm-hmm. at the very at the bottom yeah. line, it affects the bottom line, but also it affects mm-hmm. the way we feel when we go to work and it affects the way everyone can work together. Um, You feel better and everyone else feels better. If you can, if you can, you know, contribute that. And like you said, it starts with, with loving yourself, you know, and that can be challenging, but um, keeping that tip number three, lead with love, keep that top of mind. That's good. And it can be challenging. You're worth the work though. You're worth the work. It's love yourself enough to do that hard work. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. Tip number four. Practice active gratitude. My most favorite thing is gratitude <laughs> and uh, science of well-being. It has been proven to boost your, your, in, you know, kick your endorphins just to boost your overall well-being and happiness. And so it's practicing active gratitude. I say active, which I've just put into practice the last few years. Um, but there's a, a couple of ways, um, you can wake up and just kind of make a mindful note of what you're thankful for. Uh, you can write it down in journal. I, I have a gratitude journal and I did that for years on years on years, but active gratitude. When I learned about that concept, it was just so beautiful because it was not just, am I going to say these things that I'm grateful for? Not only am I going to write them down or have a, um, a joy jar I have right once a week, I just kind of or maybe more than once, if something big comes up, you know, I drop it in there or a little thing like the birds. I love when I hear the birds singing in the morning, I'll drop that in there. But active gratitude is, for example, I am happy or thankful um, and grateful for my children, but I'm going to make sure active gratitude that I show the appreciation. I'm actively showing appreciation for the thing that I'm grateful for. Mm. So if it is the bird singing outside, I'm going to write that down or I'm going to make a note of it, but I'm going to maybe just give myself time to savor, right? Savoring isn't on my list, but that's a thing to savor Mm. that like if one minute, 30 seconds, but I'm going to be intentional about just listening out for them, right? 
or hugging my children, telling my children that I love them if I'm grateful for them. Grateful for a sunny day. Um, you know, I'm just so grateful that the sun is out. Well, make an intentional effort to put action behind that and just go outside and feel the sun against your skin. You know, roll down the window, but do something that says, not only am I grateful for, for this thing, but I'm going to put action behind it and show the appreciation I have for it. So you're really leveling up gratitude. You know, so often we hear, write it down. And, and writing it down certainly is a great first step um, beyond just thinking, oh, good, it's sunny outside. Right. Write it down. I'm, I'm grateful that it's sunny or I enjoy seeing the sunshine. Writing down is, is excellent. But what I, I really appreciate about what you're saying is that then you do something more about it because it, then it would cement the gratitude in you even more, right? Exactly. That's mm-hmm. so that's, that's great. And so if you're grateful for a person or an object or a thing, then you pour into it more exactly. and inevitably then it pours back into you. Yes. And so Thank the you cycle continues. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. I have not heard active gratitude described quite like that. And I really, really like it. Awesome. All right. Just do understand why it's a favorite of mine. <laughs> yes. Yes. And and savoring. Savoring yeah. is important. We're very busy. You know, we have lots to do. We have these checklists that are two miles long. Right. And it can be hard to remember. But if if we appreciate something, to stop and let it truly let it soak in, mm-hmm. soak in that moment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to take too long, but to just savor something. Yeah. Um, that can make a world of difference into just kind of your mood and, and how you can show up, um, throughout the day. All right. So the final tip, cultivate your circle, your community, your environment, cultivate what you're in your consumption, what you're taking in, um, cultivating that to serve you well, and going back to gratitude and empathy and, you know, being mindful that awareness, the self-check-ins, um, the resets, just to everything that we went over is all is setting ourselves up for success this year, right? This year and a, a lifestyle success is what I refer to it as a lifestyle of success. If we can cultivate these higher habits and cultivating your circle is just what am I consuming and how is it affecting me? Social media, very popular these days, right? The scrolling, is it mindless scrolling? Is it intentional scrolling? Have I blocked the things that don't serve me? Like, I don't want that on my feed that maybe it makes you anxious. Maybe it annoys you, right? Maybe it just sets your mood kind of, how is it affecting me? It's cultivating those environments. How are the people that you surround yourself with feeding you? Is it when I get around this person, I tend to gossip more or when I get around this person, I, I always leave heavier or vice versa, right? Because everything has a good a good side and can cultivate to build up positivity. When I'm around this person, I always leave lighter. I always leave happier. You know, um, how can I cultivate more of that? More like people like that, more time with this person, depending on what the relationship is, right? And so it's the idea that we are a lot of who we spend our time with. We can rub off Either way, I know that, you know, our parents raised us to not rub the negative, right? Like don't Mm -hmm. stay around the person who's going to be a negative influence. But if we're really mindful in in cultivating our circle, we can rub ourselves the right way with the right people and pour and feed into us like accountability partners, right? Are going to help us to stay on task or going to remind us when we slide a little like, hey, aren't you supposed to, you know, these friendly reminders, I have an accountability partner and it really does help when I'm, she'll check in before when I'm off task, like, you know, yeah, I am supposed, are you done with that yet? Like, thank you for that reminder. Like, no, but I'm going to get to it right now. Um, so that's cultivating your circle, people, environment, and then your consumption. Those are the things that aren't so obvious, but what you're watching on Netflix or what you're, you know, um, what you have, who you followed on social media, um, a really simple uh, example for myself one time is I have um, in, I, I'm in PA. And so one of the most popular cookies in the U.S. is Levain Bakery chocolate chip cookies. And they're right in New York, so close by. And so 
I had to unfollow their page for a while because I, every time I would see it, I'm like, oh, you know, when my husband goes again to the city, I'm like, go get me some chocolate chip cookies. But I was really getting out of control with the cookies. Like it's, and they're like huge. Like you don't need to get these cookies every time. But <laughs> apparently, right, to their own self be true, I had to realize that if, if I see them, I'm going to want them. So I had to unfollow the page <laughs> so that they wouldn't like always be in front of me and making me want them. And so it can be that, right? Like that's not a person that they did nothing to me, but that's my own, like that's not serving me well to keep these scrolling through my timeline. Let me just block the page. And so out of sight, out of mind, but that served me better. Mm. It's so, it's so good. It's so true. We, we are what we consume. It affects how we feel. It affects how we act. It affects how we think and how we show up. Um, the people were around and, and then, like you said, the content we're consuming, what, you know, we consider it just kind of our mindless time when we either binge watch something or we are on social media, but the reality is that's shaping our brains. It's, it's shaping us. Mm -hmm. So it's good to be intentional about how we're spending that time, even if it's staying on those platforms, but like, what is the content you're consuming? Um, and how can you, how can you really cultivate that to serve you better? That's it. I also like thinking about the flip side of that, which is then how do I show up for others? How am I a part of other people's circle and what energy am I bringing to other people, um, to make sure that I'm adding and not taking away? Absolutely. Absolutely. And those check-ins will help you with that. Because it's not always, it's not about who do I need to get rid of all the time or what do, you know, what, what thing isn't serving me. But like you said, how am I showing up? It's when you're mindful and doing those check-ins, you'll figure out sometimes, okay, wait, that was me, right? That was me. And I can make the adjustment. I can hit the reset. I can show up different tomorrow, next week, or right now that it's come to mind, right? I can change mm -hmm. that get to choose. Um, going back to the, you sh having me share a little bit about my story, that the marriage, the, and I embrace everything happened, how it was supposed to happen because I'm here now, but it wasn't the individual that changed. It was me deciding I get to choose and I get to change. I don't have to believe everything that's said about me. I get to decide who I am and how I want to show up. I get to choose this. And so we, whether the environment be negative or the, um, the, the circle that you're in, how can you make the adjustment to change and what can you bring to the table? And it really is ultimately about how we show up and better serve the people around us. And the good comes back. It really mm -hmm. does. Back the to good the comes attitude. back. Thank you. Making room for more. Yeah. Yeah. And at work, this is all the same because we might have patterns or groups of people where we maybe have habits of being negative or contributing to some kind of toxic culture. And we can consider what is the part in this that I can control and how can I better lend myself to creating these positive environments, um, being inclusive and, and creating a workplace that is enjoyable. We're spending so much time there that all of these tips really do work for your whole self, whether that's work or, or life generally. Um, I really appreciate everything you've brought today. Uh, it's given me personally so much to think about. I'm going into the new year with these five tips and I know it will be valuable for so many others as well. I'm glad. Thank you so much. And I applied them all. So I definitely teach what I know. <laughs> That's great. Well, thank you again. And um, everyone be sure to check out Jamie's website where you can find a link to her podcast and to her book and any of the other um, opportunities and services that she has to offer. Thank you so much, Jamie. Thank you. Oh, it was so refreshing talking with Jamie and getting my head in the game to start the year. It she I think what she dishes out is like what's what I would call real self-care. It's not the the manicure or the hot bath, like it's the real self 
awareness, self-care that you need to be doing for yourself on a daily basis. Okay. So one thing to try for this episode is to, of course, set a goal, figure out a goal that's aligned with your vision, with your values, um, make it measurable and track it, set a goal, measure it. Mandy, what you got in that bag? Okay. Well, I think it's a great one to start off 2024 with boundaries. Sometimes we have to say no, and a should, a should you do something should translate to a no. You know, I love boundaries. I think that is probably the best tool we can all carry around with us. Agreed. Try it out. I recently learned a statement around this. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got to be all in on things. And if you're not... Mm -hmm. Just say no. Someone else can do it, delegate it, but you don't need to do all the things that you should do or, oh, someone asked me to and I can do it, so I should do it. It's nope, that sets your boundary. I like it, Mandy. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today. Be a part of the conversation and connect with us on Instagram at SoarLead. Maybe even tag your own work BFF in the comments. Also, show us some love for the podcast. Make sure to follow, rate, and review on Apple Podcast or wherever you're listening. It's really, truly how we grow and keep these conversations going. Thanks for tuning in. Join us next time for another Women Who Work conversation.